Seven is a number, both prime and divine. Seven yeah. is a number, both prime and divine. Seven is a do. number, both prime All and divine. Seven is a number, Check both prime and divine. United like the Justice League, we unlimited. Five transformed into seven, magnificent amalgamation. Super Saiyan, we ain't playing. 106.5 is the radio station. Triple Nation is the name of the tribe. 610-267-215. All around the globe in every area code. Online, on air, whatever the mode. Days and nights, live or recorded. Listeners rewarded with the rawness. Keeping it flawless like a Batman plan. Jedi flips or a Spider-Man handstand. Peace to every geek we stand for. From Kronos to the bottom city of Candor. We about to catch wreck. Turn up your set, black triples on deck. Y'all know what time it is. Black triples in your area. Let's go. Hey there, hi there, ho there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Black Triples Live. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Glenn, aka the Bat Tribble. And as always, I am joined by her. Oh, hello. What's up? It's your girl Kennedy, also known as that Mikey Chick, also known as the Storm Tribble, coming to you live from the 215 till the day I die. Yee! Hi. We also got him. What to do, y'all? It's your mama's favorite nephew, cousin Muscles, to the young bucks. That's Uncle Buff, big body broke up in the building. Much love. Yeah. And it wouldn't be Thursday without... You already know who it is or what I do with your man, the Mr. Thursday night, the guy you go to for all the frights. And every Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, you know, we make it a three day weekend often. Wow. He off the lean already. Off the lean already. He's not on camera yet. He's on lean. He's on lean. And ladies and gentlemen, um, all the way from a haunted house near you, we have. It's your favorite good ghoul gone bad. The horror triple. This is my prime. This is the time of the year that I am flourishing in all the spooky ways. And I am the triple's final girl. Ready to talk about Bookie Man. <laughs> Thank you, Gabe. Thank You're you. You're welcome. And thank you, each and every one of you who is out there watching uh, us streaming live on YouTube and on Facebook and the Facebook group. Uh, what's up, George Kimona? Yes, you did make it. You did make it, my friend. How are you doing? And action figure expert as well with the hello, hello, hello. What's up? What's up? What's up? Going on? Going on? How are you guys doing? We are going very well. Thank you, my brother. Tonight, as Gabe lets you know, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be bringing you the history of of the boogeyman that is right the first man possibly or possibly it's not a man i don't know 
You know, your mileage may vary. Let's find out. The first one that scared you as a little child, if you... Or maybe it still scares you. We'll find out tonight as we just uh, go all through the lore of this very ethereal, evil, malevolent spirit that treats misbehavior by children with devilish deeds. <laughs> Checks out. This is an evil spirit. Couldn't they just be misunderstood? We don't know the story yet. You don't know the story yet. We shall find out. We shall so find out. So you may out. be going a bit far and calling this individual evil, right? <laughs> you, yeah, man, every villain is lemons. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, just because you punish a child, that means you believe in discipline. It doesn't necessarily mean you starve in the child. You know what I mean? Like, children need structure. You can't just let them run around all free willy-nilly. So, you know, they need to be punished sometimes. That's my point. <laughs> is punishment structure? Punishment isn't structure, but you need consequences in, you know, relation to actions and misdeeds. Hmm. Hmm. All right. We're going to get into this. We'll get into this a little later on, ladies and gentlemen. They provide structure, and structure is the past, and then they may stray from it, and they may need some guidance to get back on it. And that's where the boogeyman comes in. That's where the boogeyman comes in. <laughs> look under the bed is all I got to say. We shall okay. find out. I think, they come, actually, I think they come out of mirrors. Like, when I think of the boogeyman, the first thing I think of is, like, Bloody Mary. You know, go in the bathroom, cut the lights out, say it in the mirror. So, like, that's the first boogeyman I can recall from, like, childhood. I don't know anything about Bloody Mary. I think it's one of those, what do you call them, the, the folklore? Urban, urban legend. Urban legend. Urban legend. Yeah. So, I don't know, like, any story behind Bloody Mary. I just know, like, that's the first boogeyman I can recall. Hmm. Okay. All right. That's interesting. It'll be interesting to discover, like, where was first people's um, introduction to the concept of the boogeyman, where that comes from. Um, I think more often it did come as a child. Uh, I can't mm, trying to remember my first uh, introduction to the boogeyman. I don't know. But we'll find out a little later on, ladies and gentlemen. But first and foremost, and we're going to want all of your comments, all of you out there watching us, uh, Angel H, I see you. How you doing? Robert Monroe Jr. as well. We're going to want to hear from you as well. Um, but before we get into that, we got a, a little bit of business, a little bit of, um, you know, it, you know, one of the, the perks that come with doing this show as, you know, as triples for the most part. We're very humble creatures, you know? We're just little tufts of fur that just roll around and just do our little thing and just, and just be geeky. But every once in a while, because we, we do this show and, and subsequently do other shows and do other live events, you know, our names become known out there. And, you know, our names find their way on the lips of people who, you know, actually are out there doing this thing as well, that are doing podcasts. Even people who are not only just doing podcasts, people who are actually big stars and actors out there in this geek sphere. Which, oh, really? Do tell. Which brings me to one Sirach Lofton of Star Trek Deep Space Nine fame. And That's uh, Avery, right? Or the son. That's the son. That's Jake. 
Jake Cisco. Um, and I wasn't aware of this. Were you aware of this, Eric? He is on the low. Shh. He's Kennedy's podcast husband. Wait, say what? He's Kennedy's podcast. He wasn't podcast. supposed to tell nobody. What is he doing? I'm just, I'm just, telling, I'm just talking to Eric. It's just me and Eric. Anyway, yeah, listen. Right, right, right. It's just triple to triple right now. It's just triple to triple. He's Kennedy's yeah, yeah. And the triple, 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 and the triple. As I see this group chat. What is y'all doing? You know, why be, you know why Zay would be spacing out? He wasn't listening in the last five minutes. What did y'all say? Hey, see? <laughs> see? See? There's ain't nothing. He, he tuned out. He was like, man, they know I don't even like no vodka. So he's not even You lost him at Ciroc. So, he's like, ah. He's like, ah, yeah. Exactly. I'm going to get some cranberry juice and I'll be right back. You're... <laughs> Eric. Yo, I can't. Apparently, Ciroc Lofton was talking about Kennedy on his podcast. They were. Word, dog. And, and Kennedy, like. A- oh, wait, 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 wait. So, how did it come up? He was like, yo, I was on the subway and I bumped into Shorty. Oh or he was God. like, yo, y'all got to check out this podcast, though. Like, I know I'm doing a podcast, but y'all need to hear this podcast, though. I love. Y'all need to get y'all a team that hypes you up the way these tribbles have just hyped me up because that's not at all how it happened. <laughs> yo, yo. So a couple weeks ago, I was a part of the virtual Starfleet cocktail party hosted by Improvised Jen over on Twitch. It was myself. Um, and a, a couple other podcasts represented there, one of which including uh, The Seventh Rule, which was Ciroc Lofton and Aaron Eisenberg's podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron and, and Eisenberg, Ciroc- also of Deep Space Nine fame. Right. Um, but Ciroc still keeps the show going with their producer, whose name escapes me at the moment, Holy Cats. Um, anyway, you know, we were just on a panel together, and apparently your girl left an impression. <laughs> Because he, it, Virtual Trek Con is this weekend, and he was on a panel with Mike McMahon, the creator of Lower Decks, and he mentioned what I had said in our previous panel about Mariner and that lead of that show really, you know, being impactful for me in all these different ways, and said my name, he said my name, he said my name, he said my name, he just said, he said my name and remembered me, he girl, he girl, we're together now, basically, like, we're married, there's, we're expecting, um, at you some point, you know. Yeah, congrats, yeah. Congrats. Okay. Let me know where you registered. Yeah, hey, yeah. Listen. listen, listen. We at the reception getting lit. So, do you, so we at the reception getting lit. You're also there. Thank you for the clarification, Gabe. I mean, I'm at the table already. Like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. On the dance floor. That's, a, that's hilarious. <laughs> so, do do you have? Do we have audio? Of of this of this mention, I, I do have audio. It's about a minute long. It comes with video as well for those of you who are watching this. Okay, um, then let's let's put it up. We're going to put you on, on, on up front, so people can. I almost I almost don't want to share it because then it won't be mine anymore. <laughs> well, but well, here's the thing. You know, once again. Well, here's what thing. What I'll keep it up. Sorry. No, here's the thing. You know, he shared it on his podcast, 
Mm-hmm. No, he didn't. He shared it on Virtual TrekCon. That's what I'm telling you. It was a convention. There's even more. There's even more. There's more people. Yeah. The world already oh, knows. He wants the world to know. He wants the world to know your so name. He, loves you. he just ain't know you ain't know it yet. Yeah. This ain't the biggest act of peer pressure, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna play the shit. All right, I'm gonna play the shit. I'm gonna play the shit. <laughs> <laughs> Kimono wants to know, are you going to name your first baby Ben? George Fur. And, <laughs> and Lance Graham says that he saw you two on the panel, said that you were totally flirting. I was on my best behavior. Well, you are a that good flirt. you weren't flirting. <laughs> yeah. I... I was that very you, perfect. you know I, I, I don't deny your statement, but if you were on your best behavior, that means you only flirted. <laughs> yeah. What, what does you, that mean? No, I specifically that means you definitely flirted. That means you definitely flirted. Listen, I've seen you working. <laughs> right. Just to see that look and that glance, just like that. Yes, just like that. I wasn't working though. I wasn't. I was like, I'm not gonna do this because he's got women throwing themselves at him all the time. He's got women nerds throwing. I'm just not doing that. I'm just pleat the cool. And yet he found time to compliment your mom and everything. Oh Oh my god, checking out a context. Mm. Look at who's scared you on, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all gonna have two kids or something. It's it's done. It's locked and done. All right, all right, all right. So here's what happened. Here's what had happened when we did all of our intros. I said the same thing I always say, coming to you live from the 215 till the day I die. Kept it pushing. He doubled back and said, hey, wait a minute. Isn't that Philadelphia? And I was like, yes. He was like, I know my area codes. I wanted to be like, let me find out you've been up in my city because you could be up. And I didn't, I didn't say any of that. I was on my best (laughs) behavior. I was, I was, I was. But did your eyes say that? Yeah, what did your yeah, eyes say? Yeah, what did your eyes They say? probably did. I wasn't looking. <laughs> it was all in her head. the experience? Her eyes were like... <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Timmy Allen. Yeah, you heard him? Yeah. She's like... <laughs> I'm with women at... <laughs> See, I knew, I knew one of y'all was gonna have a problem with this. Didn't I call it? I knew, I knew somebody was gonna say something about that. 
I listed all of the shows I'm on. Thank you very much. She said she got that last dragon glow. So what Lance was saying, my mom was blowing me up. She was texting me furiously, which mm. is hilarious because she don't text. She speaks to text. Mm -hmm. So she was like recording. <laughs> she was like, tell him I said I'm proud of him. Tell him I'm, I said I watched him grow up and I'm so very proud of him. Tell him I wish he was my son. And I was like, before we go, I guess I just got to say, my mom says she's proud of you. And he was like, oh, wow. She must be amazing since she raised you so well. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, there are people watching us, sir. Do you want to just go over here? Because anyway, it was on my best behavior. Apparently, he does. He he did. But... Hey, look, DMs are always open. Shoot your shot. You think you think I did it? He ain't say nothing about. I don't think he's a Twitter person though, and he's not on Instagram. So, mm. and I, I couldn't I couldn't just slide into the I couldn't just be like, hey, so like, what's up? Because the way the green room was, everybody was there. It was a hot mess. Anyway, he said my name. Okay, all right. Well, stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sure we'll be hearing more about this love connection in two and two. <laughs> Yeah, stay tuned to the wedding announcement when they get uh, mm -hmm. married in the holodecks. Word. At the Quarks. Reception's going to be lit, y'all. Everyone not, go drink not. something because I'm not. Ooh, a reception at Quarks would be kind of... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, no, K-Bells. Right. I like that. Congratulations, though. K-Bells, the wedding bells. Let's go. Oh, my gosh. Let's go. Guys, stop, stop, stop. No, yeah. Last no, week, stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm dying here. Let's, let's talk about... Well, let's... The Baba Yaga. The Baba Yaga. Well, before we dip into the Baba Yaga, it, it is a little interesting, you know, at least a little bit what he was talking about, was you were talking... You had mentioned how... You've mentioned here, actually, as well. You know, I know it first started on Women's with Wharf. It's fine. But you did mention it here about how you saw yourself... In oh oh oh, you don't like having other your other podcast thrown in your face, you know, for no for absolutely no reason, very innocently. Oh, see how see how that happens. <laughs> see how that I happens. I learned it from you. I don't I learned it from you. <laughs> from you. I learned it from you. I learned it from you. And you learned it well, my my young Clearly. Jedi, <laughs> mm -hmm. my young Padawan. Anyway, you mentioned about how you saw yourself in Mariner on Lower Decks. And I thought it was interesting that, you know, Mariner, even though it's an animated show, it she is a woman of color. And tonight, actually, we had the third season premiere of Star Trek Discovery, another show, a uh, Star Trek show that is led by a woman of color. And for a long time, women of color in Star Trek were primarily represented by Nichelle Nichols and well represented, we, uh, we uh, should say. But now, within the last several years, we have more new representations who, with all due respect to Nichelle, have more fleshed out um, personalities and stories and thus uh, liveliness to them in the Star Trek world. And as our resident Star Trek head, that has to mean something very special for you. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. You always want to see yourself in the media that you consume. And 
you know, Star Trek has always done a good job of in making sure that marginalized peoples were represented. Mm-hmm. And that's great in theory, but, you know, selfishly, we all still want to see ourselves. Right. Um, and I didn't see anyone, like you said, outside of Nichelle. But now with not only um, Beckett Mariner, but also Michael Burnham, it's really, you get to see that range. You know, there's more than just that strong woman archetype and feel no pain and can do superhero things. Like there's flaws and complexities that go along with it. Um, and season three of Disco really... I mean, Sonequa Martin-Green, holy cats, you know, without even talking about spoilers, she is a phenomenal actor. And uh, Disco just gives her all the room in the world to flex whatever muscle she feels like flexing, artistically speaking. Um, It was a heck of a premiere. Um, From what I've seen of the season so far, it's, it just builds and grows and builds. And it's really on the precipice of, of a new world, so to speak, because they're in the future. So everything we know of of Trek at this point is a hundred is a thousand years old mm. now. So they get to start completely over again. Yeah. Um, and it's just really refreshing to to see us in that pioneer position and still maintain all of the complexities that also make us human as well. I always I hoped to be Michael Burnham, but I'm definitely more of a Beckett now. <laughs> okay. Like all we right. all want to be that that you know straight edge, like do the right thing and and you know model citizen. But I party, so I'm definitely more of a Mariner than a Burnham. I can't hold you. I can't hold you. You most most definitely. Uh, Randy Green, the Super Triple, hit hit us up. It said, well done, Len Woolery, for my two and two. Uh, you're welcome, Randy. And we got a hey, guys, uh, from Alfonso Her- Alfonso Herrick Ferreira. Thank you. Uh, hey, guys, I'm Brazilian nice, Brazilian nice live. How are you doing? Oh, obrigado. Alfonso. That's how you say thank you in Portuguese. Dope. That's dope. Bow, bow. And uh, George Kimona says we got to reach out and do a podcast crossover. Uh, I'd love to do it. Uh huh. Crossover. I mean, we know. Yeah, you you can't finish this. Speak your mind. Um, We got uh, Gabe. You have an admirer on Facebook. Uh, gave that. that shirt, boo chica, wow, wow. Um, exactly. What is he talking <coughs> about? I don't know what it's talking about. Boo chica, wow, wow. Boo chica, wow, wow. One of many. I bought a bunch of new spooky shirts, including one uh, that just has a, a skeleton on it that's shrugging like this. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. All right. So um, before we get one last bit of news, before we get into our main topics for tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to let you know, speaking of virtual TrekCon, which which um, it, it, that already took place or it, it's all weekend. Women at all... Warp have a panel tomorrow night at six. All right. So, so it's all this weekend, correct? 
Really yes. Yes. Go to Virtual Trek Con for all the information for that. I also want to point you to another virtual event that will be coming your way next weekend, which is Afro Comic Con, an innovative, Ooh. exciting, new interactive comic convention combining art, tech, workshops, gaming, cosplay, fashion, writing, creativity, and flash fit like a superhero. Uh, you can go to afrocomiccon.org to check out all of the information, look at all of the guests that are going to be there. They've got panels and panels galore that are going to be there um, for this three-day special event kicking off next weekend. Next weekend, go to afrocomiccon.org for all of that information, ladies and gentlemen. Go check it out. Um, it's a real dope virtual event. It's nice to see that the comic book convention scene is, you know, finding a way to stay alive, stay active, stay vital, even in this virtual reality. And um, I think more and more with, like, the success of DC fandom, people are, are seeing the template being built, and they are you know, furthering on with the, with that mission. And Afro Comic-Con is, is next up. So check them out. All right? Okie dokie. All right. Now, it is time for us to get into the main heart of the show, ladies and gentlemen. And that is talking about the history. Yes, we're going to take your heart out and talk about the history of the boogie Man. Now, Eric talked about the first boogeyman that he kind of like remembers being the uh, uh, Bloody Mary. And I think my introduction to the boogeyman actually was from my brother, Aaron, who when he would babysit me and my sister, he would tell us to um, he would go out. He said he'd be out front. And he's like, stay in the house. Don't come outside. Otherwise, the boogeyman is going to get you. And we were like, okay. We, we, so we'll stay in the house. But little, we didn't know. We were little kids. My brother would then go down in the basement. He'd hide in the basement. After he turned off all of the lights by way of the fuse box. So, like, we can't get it turned on at all. He turns off all, of, turns off all the electricity in the house. And then he would go outside in the front of our house and stand there just looking at the house. But he'd be standing in shadow. So we'd just see this shadowy figure standing in front of the house. And then slowly he would just move up the lawn to the house as if it was the boogeyman. Nice. So, no, it wasn't that nice. That's traumatizing. It, it, that's, <laughs> that's very traumatizing. traumatizing. It's, it's very traumatizing. Eh, you didn't die. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. You didn't die, but it's like, that's It was scary bad. as hell, man. Yes, it's a little scary. Yes, yes, there's nothing wrong with fear. It gives you character. Fear will not, you'll not die from fear. That's, they, he didn't hurt you. Pretty sure you... you I'm pretty sure people have died from fear, Eric. People have died from fear. Yeah. Yes. I've, I've never seen that. Who gets petrified? They call, call me a Harry that. Potter, but I never saw real petrification. I watched a lot of Thousand Ways to Die, and I feel like yeah. that was definitely an episode. Yeah. There was one about someone who died from laughing. Anything's <laughs> yeah, possible. 
anything is fine. Where was where was uh, your first introduction to the boogeyman, Kennedy? Um, I don't know if I ever had an introduction to the boogeyman per se, because I grew up in a house that loved horror films, so I was seeing you know movies at inappropriate ages, mm-hmm. <laughs> not like in a weird pornographic way, but in like a horror gore. Um, thriller sense, you know, mm-hmm. um, when they show you the exorcist in the crib, it's kind of hard to, and also, Fair. you know, a lot of that, it was from the cinematic perspective, right? It was more for the special effects. It was the realism and the craft of making gore at the time that, you know, was more of the focus of showing me those things. So, you know, I, I look at Freddie and, and Jason in completely different ways because of, I'm, I'm analyzing their their scare structure. So I mean, you all, the two of you worked in um, well, the two of you worked in a haunted house before. You know what it's like to figure out what is scary and how to pop out at somebody. So I don't know if I've ever really had a boogeyman. I think Candyman affected me like any other kid in the '90s. Um, I, I was probably about 17 before I wasn't scared to. <laughs> <laughs> turn off that light after I got I was able to say the name five times I'd be like y'all chicken but I never turned that light out until high school yeah. <laughs> high school I was like my legs are long enough where I can get to the door in one step so <laughs> um, but yeah no no real boogeyman things for me coming up George Cremona says that fear is the mind killer fear is the little death that brings total obliteration which is very true what about you, Gabe? I that's a Dune quote. <laughs> definitely sounds like a quote. What about you, Gabe, Isaiah? I don't know. Is, is, was the boogeyman, the concept of a boogeyman even a thing when you were growing up? Um, for me, I so it's funny that I'm the horror tribble because growing up, I was terrified of everything. I was definitely the, the I come from a big family, lots of cousins. Um, and I was the youngest. And so they tease me all the time. Uh, and my family, like Kennedy's loved horror. And so I was always like watching horror movies, even though I shouldn't have, uh, including, uh, as, as been told on here before watching uh, child's play when I was two, um, <laughs> when mm. you shouldn't be afraid of your dolls. And then I was afraid of my dolls. Um, but my family, it wasn't the boogeyman. It was literally like um, my family just called them Roz. Cause that's what they like raw, like they say the raw. Mm. So like anytime you were going to like step out of line or you're going to do anything, uh, as kids, it would be like the raw is going to get you. Mm. Uh, and that was enough for us to be like, I don't know what that is, but it sounds terrifying. It could mean anything. Um, <laughs> so I think like, like I don't uh, need interpretation. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, enough said mom, I get it. Uh, and she, to this day, like we still do it to like the, the younger kids, but similar to, to you, Len, I had, um, my uncle who lived on a dead end road in the middle of the woods because I'm from Florida, uh, made us watch a marathon of all these like backwoods <laughs> horror movies. Like we had to watch, we watched deliverance wrong turn like all this stuff like back to back on the first night of his house uh, of of being in his house and he had my older cousin sneak outside uh and then turn off the the power um and wow. just scared the crap out of us and then conv- like we were crawling on the ground and needed to use flashlights to use the restroom and we were going in teams because we were terrified because there's like five of us in this house we all slept in the same bed because he was like there's someone outside 
the neighbors are here and they have guns. And I was like, that's <laughs> probably true. <laughs> like, we live in Florida. And it's like, what are you talking about? So All right, what do the neighbors want? Yeah, like, why? <laughs> why? I'm here. I'm the only brown one. Um, <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's that, that, like a lot. Where did you grow that up again? Also oh, terrifying, like Florida. Yeah, yeah. Florida. They, there's the hard part. It was in Florida. There you go. Yeah, yeah. It, there's a lot of a lot of terror that comes with that. But yeah, it was. It, they, my family, just really loved messing with me as someone who was afraid of everything. Um, and the Raws was the thing. Besides, like, just kind of yeah, yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous but i'd probably speak my child the same way <laughs> wow i think it's oblig- i think it's obligatory at a certain point like you have yeah. to terrify probably. your children yeah, i think it's, it's totally good to, to 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 scare your kids like it's important to do that yeah otherwise like they won't know that things exist out there they'll be hey, totally unprepared true. True. my four-year-old does not have enough fear she needs to be afraid more yeah, do it. So, hire us. They we'll do think they're invincible at a very young age, so yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to send it to your family in Florida. <laughs> oh, don't do that to that baby. <laughs> Please don't. Please don't. Uh, Charles Ellington hit us up. He says that back in the day in the Bahamas, we had the greasy, the greasy man about a guy covered in grease that he could get out of jail and would hang young boys and cut their penis off. Me and my friends were so scared walking home from school. Um, Move man went rogue, right? (laughs) The greasy man. Greasy man. Covered in grease. So that he could could slip out of jail. And then... I mean, he already did something. In jail. Greased up. Then got out. Then found you. So my man got a lot going on. No, There's a lot you. going on with the greasy man. There are layers to the greasy man. Wow. I'll That's... take the rods over that. Yeah, I, I think I would take the rods. <laughs> I'll take the rods. Definitely. I take God. the rods over that. What about you, Isaiah? Did you when, when was your introduction to the concept of the boogie yeah, man? Who's your greasy man? Yeah, I look. Yeah, I who's your greasy man? But nah, uh, the concept of the boogie man, it happened when I was very young. I was definitely watching. Uh, a Dracula movie or no, it was a Dracula movie and then Hellraiser right after that. I don't know why my dad wanted to watch like horror movies for that weekend, but I was way too young to be like involved watching Hellraiser and my dad I just remember him, he just like kind of helped me and said, you know the boogeyman's a creature that comes from beyond is a, a monster that will get you if you do any bad deeds. It knows it watches from the ether it knows if you've been bad. So for me, son, please. Like Santa. And I was like, what? what? <laughs> I was like, hey, all right. But no, it, like, it comes at night when I can't defend you. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa you can't protect me now? <laughs> like there's there's levels. And uh, one night I was getting popcorn to watch the movie. He shut out all the lights, all of them. I tossed that popcorn and ran upstairs and I tripped. I horror movie tripped and he went to grab oh, the bag. No. I was like, oh, it's over. It's over. And then he had to turn the lights back on because I like, I was like, Five and I had like uh, over shrieking. I was shrieking and my imagination was just already through the roof. So I'm like, I'm gonna get eaten by like some some beast from hell. Like this is it. Like I'm I'm done for. I'm I'm sorry. sorry. Like oh my god. All right. Hey, boogeyman's real. But like I was just playing a joke. I was like, it's cool. It's cool. And then I've always been like kind of like 
weary of the boogeyman for till like high school mm-hmm. whereas like i would close the the lights downstairs and then jet upstairs as fast as i possibly can because i don't want that thing to come grip me by my heel yeah yeah um, yeah it's real and, yeah, then, that's good. and then uh the disney movie got worse because there was a disney movie called don't look under the under your bed and it was about the boogeyman and i remember the one transformation of i forget the the character's name he was like a, a guardian for one of the kids it's a, it's a it's a younger millennial Disney Channel movie. Like. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, all right. Yeah. Because I, I didn't know what the hell he was talking about either, but I figured yeah, it like, I mean, yeah. after school, really? He must uh, have commercials. Right. No, it wasn't. It's a Disney Channel movie. movie. After school. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, 2003. Yeah, with commercials. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see this one. Yes, with commercials. Now, uh, like always having like this overactive imagination, like I always, you know, you know, apparently uh, would think of the yeah, of course, <laughs> would think of the worst, would think of the absolute worst of what the boogeyman would look like. And then when Disney Channel decided to actually give it form, I actually think that made it worse for me. I was like, nah, I don't want to see those like beady yellow predator eyes, those elongated nails from like I, I'm cool, man. You're gonna try and claw my heart out, gonna try and eat it. Yeah, something like that. Hell no, my G. That's a strong no. I'm not about it. So uh, in order to defend myself, I did what any young kid would do. And I put the covers over my head. I'm like, oh, I am openly protected from this. That's it. That's a wrap. Yeah. That's my introduction to the boogeyman. And I ain't going to front. It wasn't until senior year of high school. I'm like, I, I don't care about the boogeyman. He's cool. If he's going to get me, he's going to catch the fade. It's fine. So your boogeyman had yellow beady eyes and long fingernails like, th- yeah. like this yeah. image that we're putting up? Quite literally like that. So that's your Quite boogeyman literally. right there, Isaiah? Yep. That's like the yep. El Kukui, the, the yeah. Latin boogeyman. Can shoot me in the like right now. It's all good. <laughs> I'm too grown now. Nah, I'm so yeah, right. but the boogeyman can still find you. He knows when you move. All right, you can catch a right hook. I probably dated him once or twice. <laughs> uh, the boogeyman is a type of m- mythical creature used by uh, adults to frighten children into good behavior. The boogeyman mm-hmm. has no specific appearance and conceptions vary drastically by household and cultures. Um, there are, you know, as you can figure in different cultures have different ideas of what the boogeyman is. The word is linked to many similar words in other Indo-European. Uh, there's the boogle in Scots, the boozman, bogle, uh, uh, the uh, abuseman in Western Phoenician, the Phoenician in Dutch, the butsman, butsman in German. Bootsman was that Bootsman B U T Z E man Bootsman 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 the Bootsman in Norwegian then you would go all the way to the Danish who have the Basman the Puka from Irish the Bagua or Bagua no it's you know it's Puka Buga or Bugan the W in Welsh is an U sound. Where there's no W in in oh in Welsh okay okay uh, and then the, in old Norse I'm about to say, you want to buy a vowel I can't say any of those okay. <laughs> that's Welsh that's Welsh uh, old Norse <laughs> would be the Puki and in Cornish it would be a pixie or a pisgi uh, well, damn sure ain't no pixie I know that 
Well, it depends. It pixies, depends. Yeah, pixies are terrifying. Yeah, pixies are very terrifying. In Southeast Asia, the term is properly supposed to refer to uh, Bugis or Buganese pirates, ruthless seafarers of southern Sulawesi. There you go. Indonesia's third largest island. These pirates often plagued early English and Dutch trading ships of the British East Indian Company and Dutch Indian Company. It is popularly (laughs) believed that this resulted in the European sailors bringing their fear of the boogie men back to their home countries, which is thus what gave you the boogie man. Okay. As we forgot know. Latin America with the El Cucuy. Yeah. Oh, yes. And, La, and, the, and, and La Llorona. And La Llorona. Yes. La Llorona with the crying on, but El Cucuy is the boogeyman. Like, that's the, the like, the Cucuy is going to get you. <laughs> like, if you're, you're not, act, you know, you're acting up. Uh, La Llorona also, but she, like, she has that form. Well, Cucuy was just like, that's the thing that's going to get you. Like, we don't know what it looks like. It's not a wailing woman. <laughs> it doesn't have any rhyme or reason to be attacking us children besides we were bad. It's not looking for her lost children. Um, yeah, Kukui. We'll get you. Yeah, I, I, saw, I saw that in Spain, parents would sing lullabies or tell rhymes to children, warning them that if they do not sleep, El Kukui will come and, and get them. Um, what a way to get your child to go to sleep. I don't know. I might need to try that because I haven't been yet. I just start yelling. So I might go this boogeyman route. Like, I've never threatened my kids with violence from a stranger that I could not protect. Like, that's never been a thing. I'm like, yeah, somebody's going to get you, right? So I might try this. Uh, We'll we'll see how they're going to bed tonight. Tell them there's a boogeyman and you can't protect them this time. Like, my dad did. I'm like, I should have known it was a lie, but I was too scared. Well, yeah, I'm you gotta game. go to bed, baby. The boogeyman coming, and I don't want you to be awake. It's, I don't think it's gonna work. And not at this point. I think I would have had to start it early. I told my four year old has no fear. Like at this point, she's gonna be like, I got a bow and arrow. I'm ready for him. Dave's got weapons. Like I'm, I'm prepared to have every excuse. She's not gonna. I could bring her down here and say the boogeyman's coming. She'll be like, Where he at? She's not. She's no fear. She's well, already she no fucks given. She does not care. Knuckle up. Well, it's the, the four year old. So the boogeyman was something that was used to, you know, kind of like scare kids out of misbehavior. You know, go to sleep or the boogeyman is going to get you. You know, uh, eat your vegetables or the boogeyman is going to get you or whatever like that. Do you think? Apparently. I mean, that it seems to be how, how it was used, except, you know, when, you know, you had big brothers that were terrorizing you. Um, <laughs> but was it a. A useful concept. I mean, because I, I didn't need it in my life. I tell you that I didn't. It didn't serve me any purpose. Um, and like the biggest boogeyman to me, honestly, was outside of my brother, who I quickly realized it was him. And and I I cackled with glee when when me and my sister told my mother about what he did. And she, my dad took him to the woodshed. That was fun. Um, but outside of that, the biggest boogeyman to me was when uh, I was growing up and I would be in the basement watching TV like to 12 o'clock in the middle of the night. And my mom would turn off the lights in the basement, forgetting that I was downstairs. But I didn't care because the TV was on. So I had the TV light. But then I would turn off the TV light and I realized I had to cross this darkened basement to go back upstairs. And I have been watching 
old Charlie Chaplin movies. And I just knew that Charlie Chaplin was going to come out of the dark from my uh, laundry room. And, and dance silently? Because he's silent. <laughs> and he was and just, just dance with a cane? And just and come whack me with his cane. I, that, that was my boogeyman. Was Charlie was Charlie Chaplin uh, when I was when I was younger? Mm. Don't look at okay. me like that, Kennedy. This is, <laughs> I'm not. I'm actually. Oh, that's funny. It looks like I'm looking at you like that. I'm looking off to the distance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not looking at you like that. I apologize. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I. I'm, I'm racking my brain. I don't have anything that scared me like that. Freddie scared me the first time I watched it. Word. But then when the girl, like, I mean, geared up and was like, I'm ready to go night night because I need to talk to you about something. I was like, oh, yeah, we ain't got to be scared of nobody. I'm ready to take my nap now. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, Anthony Patterson said that in Philly, we had the green lady in Fairmount Park. Uh, Western North Philly. He was like, she was like an urban legend witch. I do vaguely remember hearing things about the Green Lady. I it, I don't think it ever really like manifested big time with me, but I do remember hearing about that. Uh, uh, yeah, because there's a cave. Right, right. There's there's the Hermit's Cove, which is like a carved out little spot where someone actually lived for on like a religious pilgrimage kind of deal. But then there's like a cave that you can't tell. Like the light from the daylight, I think maybe you get about two, maybe three feet into the mouth of the cave. And then that's instantly when it gets tighter. Mm -hmm. But so you can't tell if it's like the back of the cave is right there or if it just keeps going. You know what I mean? And it's the weirdest thing ever because all sound gets sucked into a vacuum the deeper you go into this cave. Like, and it's it's a forest. So you're going to hear, if not people who are also, you know, on this hike with you, you hear the birds, you hear the wind blowing through the trees, you hear twigs snapping and there's a creek nearby. So you should hear that. But the, the second it starts to get dark is when the sound goes out in there. So I don't know if that's supposed to be where this woman lives or what, but I've heard stories about a woman who lives in Fairmount park. And if children, um, you know, wander, if they're, if they're not home before a certain hour, you know, the, the sweeter the child, the more likely you are to get, get snatched. Mm. I have heard about that. Mm. I'm going nowhere near there. I have a similar basement story to Lynn of oh? um, when I was like nine, the same uncle and uh, <laughs> terrifying older cousins. Um, it was actually when I first like conquered my <laughs> fear of horror movies but um i used to like go over there and they would watch horror movies and i would have to to watch them um but there was one time where we went to blockbuster and i got like a kid movie i think it was like peter pan mm-hmm. 2 or something and they got rose red which is a uh stephen Ooh. king only like this is a, a film uh written by stephen king not based on a book he did before it's yeah, just original he wrote joke. a script yeah uh it was two vhs tapes and so they were like all right we're gonna put on peter pan 2 gabe will fall asleep then we'll put on our film well they fell asleep because <laughs> peter pan isn't that exciting and so i was like all right i'll put on their film and then i'll leave but then i got hooked and i watched it all the way to the point where i put in the second vhs tape and mm. i'm like 
the most terrified of, of anything. And I got through it. Again, they were asleep the whole time. And then it's pitch black. And I was like, all right, I have to go upstairs. <laughs> and so I went to the, it's like pitch black. I went to the bottom of the stairs. I was like, if I walk up these stairs, something's going to gr- grab me from behind. And so I turned around. I sat on the bottom step and I just pushed myself up. <laughs> and so I got to the end and then like, ran to the um like front room that we had like a tv and put on like uh bugs bunny <laughs> I was like watching cartoons and my grandmother came out yeah i was like please go uh and my grandmother came in and just like sat next to me just like <laughs> rubbed my head until i fell asleep and it was like that scared me so much and i had to live through it all by myself to the point where like nothing else scared me anymore like mm. that was the point where i was like okay actually or is not that bad we can live through it but it was like that was a trial that was a trial i don't know what was gonna get me probably chucky from child's play but something was gonna get me well so the house. i'm watching they can't get me yeah <laughs> i can go backwards they're not gonna see me i'm outsmart but, all over but that's it that's an interesting point to bring up though gabe like eventually you have to face that fear exactly and and how you it affects how you look at other fears later, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had an example as you were talking about that, but I, I can't remember it now. Oh, I was working in a haunted house and we had a clown area. And I generally do not mess with clowns because of it. I, I saw it young. I was way too young to see it. And I just was like, I can't even gnaw. <laughs> like, no clowns for me. And Like, I don't even know McDonald's. Yeah, we had a good night. All of us decided that we were going to go through each other's haunts because there were like three sections in this attraction. So we all took turns, you know, scaring the crap out of each other. And those clowns, it was the most simple set. It was a black background with some, you know, colorful paint and a black light. And those clowns tortured me mm-hmm. they tortured me they tortured me because i kept trying to like okay because I, I helped build that place so i knew where the ducky spots were for someone to jump out and scare somebody and i was just like all right i ha uh-huh, 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 no okay all right okay i was a i was a hot mess i discovered that i am a dropper you know people people fight they, it's fight, flight, or fear, or fight, right? What is right. it? It's fight, flight, or fright. Yeah. Or freeze. It's, no, it's yeah, fright, freeze. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. fight, flight, or freeze. And I am like a sub-level of freezer when I get cold, or scared, rather. I drop. I dropped like a sack of potatoes. It was just like, take my scarves. Take my scarves, <laughs> and I'll take my scarves. And ever since then, you know, clowns might be a little creepy, but they don't, I can, I can watch it. And, and not be traumatized by Tim Curry. This phenomenal performance. Yeah. Um, so here, it makes sense because here you are, the horror triple that scared the piss out of you when you were a kid on purpose. Look what you did. Look how you learned. <laughs> yeah. And I'm stronger now. <laughs> I will say clowns. I'm not afraid of clowns, but I did have a clown experience at a haunted house. It was in Florida again. And there was like this one attraction. I went through the first one, I got pretty far, but then my friends like uh, 
backed out and left me alone because they like you can like tap out and they would take you and so I was alone and I got confronted by this very claustrophobic space and I was like no <laughs> like I'm not doing this alone but then the second like second house was clowns and they give you 3d glasses and they said some of the clowns are fake and some of them are real and my one friend wouldn't go in there uh, and I had to go in with my cousin who actually is afraid of clowns because of it. And so we like get in, I turn the corner and we have the glasses on. I look down the hall. I go, that one's real. <laughs> and I was like, done. Yeah. They did a couple of that too, where it would be like a picture will be like four different clowns, like on a, on like a carnival sideshow kind of deal. And one just looked a little too realistic. Like I know the boat, I painted that. Like that's not... Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> like, no. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm curious. Um, there is a famous lullaby song in Brazilian folklore um, sung by most parents to their children that says that the kuka will come and get them and make a soap or a soap made of children if they do not sleep. I'm just curious if... Um, is it soup or soap? I think either or. Is they will make either a soup or a soap uh, out of them. That's a wide range of things there. That's just that's oh just my. that's just evil. I mean, I mean, I mean. You, right? Because are you hungry or are you dirty? Which one is it? You ask. I mean, you don't. You don't. You don't bathe in the blood of innocence because you're dirty. You bathe in the blood of innocence to keep your complexion. Uh, what? What? Yeah. Hmm? What? <laughs> We're in a topple society, right? right? You know, it serves any type of you want to topical meat. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. In in Albania, Albanian lore, there is the Lupia, uh, L U B I A. I guess Lubia, Lubia, is a female. Female demon with an insatiable appetite for the flesh of children, especially girls. She has many heads from seven to a hundred. And like the Greek Hydra, if one head is severed, then others will grow in its place. Is she a biblical angel? Seven to a hundred heads. How many eyes? <laughs> I guess it depends how many fights you lost or how many heads. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's not right. just one. Like I started with seven. Then I lost one, get two more, and now I'm at nine. F you know, in math. So 100 might be a max, though. So maybe yeah, she yeah. limits out, you know, her neck can't support any more than 100 heads. So it could be a neck capacity. Um, in Belize, I'm just looking at all the, the, the boogeyman from, from all different lore. In Belize, there's the Tata Dunde, D-U-E-N-D-E is a mythical goblin described as being of small stature with a beard. That's it. Wrinkles. Wrinkles. Backwards feet. A large brimmed hat and lacking thumbs. It is, it is a protector of the forest and animals and was used to scare children from going out to play at night um, or going into the jungle. All right. Now, how is that your moonlighting job? If you protect the forest, right? Smokey the Bear now out here like, yo, you should be home too. 
Like, you got to pick a lane. Either you protecting the forest or you protect the children. You're not doing both. No, he's not protecting time, the man. children. He, he's scaring the children from... Oh, protecting the forest or eating kids. Yeah, he's protecting the forest. How is that your hobby? Like, how how are those your interests? You don't think like, Smokey I'm eats I'm a children? bird lover and I watch animals. I but if I could get a kid, scrumptious. He's a bear. <laughs> I mean, so many forest fires, Smokey's going to eat you, so... He should. Honestly. Most never he would eat you. He he come out to me like a vegan. <laughs> a vegan? Berries. He, he eats berries. Does Smokey come off like a predator to you? Smokey yeah. the be- Smokey the bear. Right. Lit- um, bears are omnivorous. Yep. Yes. So they they're eat- eating berries, but they'll also typically eat you. yes, yes, yes. That is correct. When you're talking about bears, we talking about Smokey. Do you follow him on Twitter? He's a vegan, hardcore. Thank you. He's not. A- Hold up, Smokey got a Twitter? I'm sure. See, look at you. See, nobody even knows that y'all are going to tell me about Smokey the Bear. All right, moving on. Len, I have a funny, I have a fun one. Go ahead. Well. Research. um, (laughs) um, I'm not even on fucking Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) I know this is true because Eric's profile photo on Twitter is the same one we took at G-Town Radio like eight years ago. (laughs) Fact. Smoke the bear as well. But um, <laughs> the ghouls Smoke. next week are covering Coraline, uh, which I think is a great like boogeyman to show your children to make them behave. Because it's like, if you step out of line, I will send you to other mother. You don't <laughs> want to listen to this mother. You can go live with other mother and she can sew buttons into your eyes and then eat you. So I did in our research, like in, in looking up what, you know, this is about uh, Neil Gaiman actually was uh, partially inspired um, by a short story in Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark called The Drum mm. uh, featuring these two sisters named Blue Eyes and Turkey. And they are two young girls who um, encounter this strange girl that tells them she has like this box and she says there's uh, a little man, a little woman inside and they will come out and dance uh, and the woman will tell you a secret. But you have to like they'll only do it to, for the kids that are the baddest kids, um, like the most misbehaved. And they're like, well, we're really good kids. And she's like, well then you can't see the little man, little woman. So then they go home and they tell their mom that they have to be bad so they can see this. And the mom's like, I'll be really sad if you are bad. And also if you're really bad, then I have to go away and your other mother will come. And it's essentially like, and that will make me really sad because then she'll leave you. And she's like, uh, the way that they describe the, the other mother is even worse than this like spider lady we see um, in uh Coraline. Coraline yeah like she makes all these like weird sounds and I think she might be made of bugs or something <laughs> but they just like keep trying to do bad things and the mom is like sad but it's not enough and so they keep doing bad things and eventually they like at one point they wake up and mom is gone yep. she is gone so they finally did the worst things so they go to the girl and they're like all right finally you could show us we're also worried our mom's gone and she's like oh the little man little woman left so oh well and then they come home and they hear like the, the strange sounds 
of the new mother coming uh, <laughs> to like get them. And it's like this terrifying, like she doesn't have eyes or something. It was so horrifying. Mm. And they just have to live with this other mother now. And Neil was like, that's terrifying. I'm going to make a whole scary like story graphic novel film <laughs> traumatized children because that's fun and market it to kids yes <laughs> call it Coraline. yeah well didn't didn't his daughter help write Coraline with him i don't know did he? i did hear i did I hear thought, that too a little bit yeah i thought that was her project as well they kind of they kind of offered up on it. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised. And I can't remember the full story of it. I mean, I love the movie, but I, I can't remember. I I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't have that same inspiration and then sits down with his daughter and they craft it together. And she probably like softened it up yeah. a little bit, you know? Um, yeah. Maybe he came across that story reading something fun to her, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Th- that is how it happens sometimes. I thought it was interesting in looking up the boogeyman of other nations, as it will, in Italy. Um, pronounce this word for me, Kennedy. You're our linguist. So, fun thing, I wasn't going to say nothing because, you know, show business, but I've been frozen for Gabe's entire story. I hear everything, <laughs> but I can't see anything. So, unless someone puts it in the group chat on the phone, like, I... You should see. I wish I had a screen cap where I could show you all what I see right now. Oh, okay. But you can hear us, though. That's cool. All right, well, then... Spell it for me. L... I think what? it's just Lomo. It's, it's, it's uh, L uh, apostrophe U-O-M-O. So, Lomo. It's Italian. It's Italian. So it's... Uh, Lomo. In Italy, the Lomo Nero, meaning Lomo. the black man... Mm-hmm. is a demon that can appear as a black man or black ghost without legs, often used by adults for scaring their children when they don't want to sleep. Come on, Italy. Well, what are you doing? Well, all right. Well, we Italy officially gone off the list. Well, it's like, what? what is it? Nor- Norway or Netherlands that has the chimney sweep? And they would, oh, that's the yeah. other Santa, the Krampus fella. I think that's in Germany. It's not Krampus. No, no, there, it's, 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 it's Black Philip. Black Philip. Yeah. I, it's I Black Pete. It's in Germany. It's, it's, in, in, it's in Netherlands. Black it's Pete. Black Pete oh, no, is the assistant yeah. of Sinterklaas, uh, who visits mm. the Netherlands in December. He is an African type black face figure wearing clothing associated with the culture of the Spanish Moors, a sack. And a small what? bushel of branches as no. a disciplining rod. The sack may contain no. sweets and presents to reward children for their good behavior, but also be used to take bad children away. Yeah, and then they're like, "Why can't we? Why can't we dress up in blackface as Black Pete?" And it's like, "Do yep. you need to ask this?" Like, yeah, like stupid. I just want to be Black Pete. I don't know. I didn't know the world hates it. Why? Why would it be wrong? What's vaudeville? <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> um, he's a chimney sweep. That's why. Apparently. George Kimona wants to know, have you guys ever covered Changelings? Did you ever see that movie with, uh, what's her name? Wait a minute. Is that the movie with, um, what's her name? Um, I just, I just, Brad Pitt's ex-wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Angelina Jolie. Yes, yes, Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie. And her kid goes oh, missing and they, 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 they give her a new kid. They return somebody else. 
Yeah, and she's like, this ain't my kid. And they're like, no, it is your kid. <laughs> oh, yeah, is that the movie he's yeah, talking about? No, that's not like sci fi. Yeah, that's not, I don't think that's what he's talking about. Changelings are. He means well, like Oda. What I know from, like, what I know of changelings, and George, tell me if you're talking about different changelings, are that fairies would come, fairies with an E, like F A E R I E, um, will come, steal your children, and then put imposters in place of your children and then they would be like transforming your kids because they took it away so you'd have a fairy kid that's not real Ooh. is that what you're talking about george <laughs> that's what i know yeah. i've also fun fact played a changeling is my first character in the first ever D D game i ever played of course Ew. that's fine that's creepy that's that, that that that's real creepy yeah because then like what am i going to do with this pod child or what is this pod child <laughs> Yeah, right? Exactly. Fairies are fucked up. <laughs> I think it's interesting right, how over the years, like fairies and, and pixies and, um, you know, uh, the grim fairy tales have been, you know, codified for children to their, like, you know, they're just, you know, almost like harmless, right? And even mm-hmm. though when you go back to their origins, they were definitely some fucked up tales, right? But the boogeyman has stayed scary right i mean like the only iteration of the boogeyman that i could find that is people will probably say is not scary is probably the boogeyman that is the closest to if not all of your hearts it's the it's a boogeyman that i know is closest to kennedy's heart and that would be the oogie boogeyman oogie boogie from the nightmare before christmas um Copyright for copyright reasons, I can't play the song of the Oogie Boogie Man, and it's a shame is we're all frozen right now, so Kennedy can't even show that see that I flashed her picture up. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, she can't even sing it for us. Otherwise, she would have just started singing it. She would have just broke out the song already. She would have. She would have, and thus we would have. That's perfectly legal. Well, it would have been legal to a point, um, but fifteen seconds. (laughs) Gotcha. No one's listening. We didn't use the music. It's all right. Well, there's also what the the Bye Bye Man. I haven't watched it, but there's a horror movie called Bye Bye Man. I can't get it's over the, the bye title. Bye the Bye Bye, bye, bye man? man. Yeah, yeah it's called cool. the Bye Bye Man, and he like <laughs> I don't know his name is everywhere. Is that like a it's social so media stupid. one? No, it's real. <laughs> oh no, I'm thinking of Unfriended. Well, yeah, that's you're thinking of a good one. No, Bye Bye Man is the, is the boogeyman, um, okay. but it's dumb. Uh, real quick, because I forgot, we got Melissa G listening all the way from the Netherlands. And she Good. said, yes, the Netherlands and it's Black Pete. I hated that holiday as a kid. Every picture I'm in for that holiday, I'm crying or look angry. I still hate that holiday. I think we have, Rightfully. I think Rightfully we have, so. we have picked an old wound for Melissa. Mm-hmm. I am, I'm sorry, dear. I didn't mean to do that to you. And uh, George Camona says, yes. And Victor Laval's uh, book messed me up. Uh, Lance Graham also says that Monsters, Inc. was an attempt at softening the boogeyman. That's true. Yeah, okay, that is true. true. That is true. Yeah, the that thing is that goes true. up in your closet. Yep. And put a whole new take on it. Yeah. I, I got, just, you know, there are monsters trying to make a way in the world, just like everybody else. Yeah. They're just trying to feed their family. I forgot. I did forget about that. That uh, that was the whole concept between uh, Monsters, Inc. Um, got to scare to eat. Got to scare to eat. Which I enjoy. I like I like Monsters Inc. I love Monsters Inc. That's great. So it's good. it's a good one. 
Um, yeah, I agree that like some of those myths, like you said, have like like the fact that people just think of fairies, they think of Tinkerbell, which is no <laughs> fairies are fairies are really scary. And I always loved like those tales. Like I I was like one of those geeks that read like the mythical books or the teen reads that were like the fairies are gonna murder me and mm-hmm. you have to arm yourself with iron because they're evil and and that they are all like mischievous too that they like trick you yeah um and like are tricking people and they're all here and we just can't see them um and like all the different things that you can leave out for certain ones as the well right. like the brownies and like the other like the pixies and all that i'm in a <laughs> facebook group that people should join because it's fun called this is fey propaganda if i ever saw it um and it features that one like meme where there's like the picture of like a tree like and it has a hole in it with like just like water that's filled up and it was like do not drink this soup and someone's like I'm gonna drink this soup and it's like no <laughs> this is fake propaganda if I ever saw it it's great oh my god um yeah so the, the, the boogeyman is, is is this concept you know it it came from underneath your bed. It was in your house. It was down the street. It was something that scared you. Um, it's been co-opted. There have been movies called The Boogeyman. We've talked about Boogeyman in different cultures. There have been The Boogeyman, like uh, Max said, you know, you had the Bloody Mary theme. You had the Candyman theme. You had, um, uh, what was the other one? There was another one where you had to take- Green Lady? The Green Lady, but I was thinking a uh, Beetlejuice more or less is a boogeyman, True. you know. Right. You know that that's his whole his whole shtick as well, you know. Um, My question is, how successful was this? Were you ever going to do something, and then you was like, "Oh shit, I'm not the fucking boogeyman." Like, has this ever literally corrected your behavior as a child? Because literally, I might start, I might go upstairs and start this shit tonight. Like, I want results. You know what I mean? Like, I need to save my voice. So, I can't say that it, it it curbed my behavior in that respect. Um, what I will say, and hey, welcome back, Kennedy. AK, how you doing? I'm better now. <laughs> are we better? Or are we all like... Um, I'm just hoping I can continue recording <laughs> thinking about technical stuff sorry yeah you guys look great now all right cool Eric, stuff like this <laughs> that's cool that's cool <laughs> you missed us giving a shout out to your favorite iteration of the boogeyman um which would have been that guy And okay, thank you. <laughs> I, I can't see anything. I can't. I don't know. Oh, you didn't. All I see is you all. All I see is you all. Oh, damn. oh he didn't come up. Oh, you don't see him? Look at that picture right there. You don't see that picture <laughs> that is superimposed over take, everybody's face right now? I'm going to take a picture of what I see and I'm going to text it to y'all. Yo, Boogeyman got your computer. Oh, man. Well, well, it's Oogie Boogie right. from Nightmare on Elm uh, Oh, from Before Christmas. Christmas. Nightmare Before Christmas. Here. There's someone wrote yeah. a little headcanon piece saying that he um, Oogie Boogie was actually the spirit of a child that got killed on Halloween while trick or treating, and that all of the candy that was in his sack, which he hid in to save his life and failed obviously, was then like you know it turned rancid and attracted bugs and he became part of that whole thing and then suddenly he wasn't the the line between him and the bugs was no more and. <laughs> 
which was actually kind of creepy because then there were folks who were saying that Lock, Stock, and Barrel, you know, they were trick-or-treaters and, and died mm-hmm. on Halloween night. That's why they're children. They're just perpetually mm-hmm. trick-or-treating. Hmm. Okay. That's that's crazy interesting. Um, I was just about to go someplace else when you started saying that about uh, Oogie Boogie. Um, but I forget. I'm sorry. So I'm going to... <laughs> Key press. Oh, action figure expert. That's what it was. Mentioned that his introduction to the boogeyman was from the Scooby Doo episodes. Um, I think there was an episode of Scooby Doo that purported them, you know, taking down the quote unquote boogeyman. But of course, it was just a white guy in a mask with a flashlight. Classic. It's called America. They don't even wear masks. That's the problem. (laughs) They're masks. Yep. Pretty much, pretty much. That is the problem. Yeah, uh, I would say it's the opposite as a child that the raw and any other spooky thing did not keep me in line, but instead the threat of like Santa's not going to give you any presents. But that is only good so often throughout the year. That's true. That's true. I, I will say the boogeyman. I don't know. I, I I don't know if I actually did this because of thinking that the boogeyman was going to get me, but thinking that some mysterious figure was going to get me from the dark kept me from like uh, going through the park at night. Or when I came home, uh, when I came home as a kid from playing, from playing basketball and it was the fall. So it got dark early. I would, Start walking down because the basketball court was in Albury Park. So there was a park there. So while I'm leaving the basketball court, I'm kind of cool. But then I got to kind of cross the park to get to like the sidewalk. And I would purposefully not walk on the sidewalk. I walk in the street because I'd have the street lights down on me. And if I could give me that much extra time to see if something was coming out of the dark from the, uh, from from the trees. So I don't know if I necessarily thought it was a boogeyman, but I knew something lived back there and it wasn't going to be a brother named Len. So <laughs> that's what that that so I guess that did curb that behavior for me. You know what I mean? You, you said not this little black duck? No, sir. <laughs> no, sir. Mm-mm. I remember. I think I I've told this story on Black Tribbles before. Um there was a time when I was coming home and uh, there was this dude walking up the street. And as I remember, he was slightly overweight. And he had, I think, a button-up shirt. And he um, looked like he was almost like, like, like perspiring real bad. Because I'm walking down the hill and he's walking up the hill. And I must have been like about, I don't know, like 12, 13 years old, I guess. I'm bouncing my ball home. And he asked me for the time. And I said, I don't, I don't know what time it is. And I'm just and I'm, and I'm bouncing basketball, and I keep hearing him ask, you know, do I know what time it is? Like, no, I don't know what time it is, sir. I'm sorry. And then he starts running after me, asking me, "What time is it?" <laughs> and I, at first, you know, remembering that 
this was my brother's basketball. I got I gotta like trying to bounce, keep bouncing and running. Like I don't know what time it is, and he's running after me back down this hill. So I I lose the ball. I got to go quickly pick up the ball because because I ain't scared of the boogeyman, but I'm damn sure scared of my my seven my brother. So I pick him, grab up his basketball, and I'm running. But as I pick up the basketball, that's when I can see him, and he is drenched in sweat. And he is like literally got his hand out. Do you know what time it? I broke. Like I think I was I was easily three blocks from my house. I was on my front porch in 1.5 seconds. I was gone. I was gone, dog. And I will never forget that to this day. I didn't look back. Um. From why you ain't just say 3:30? Four thirty, four forty-five, five hundred. Right, whatever, something. Eleven thirty. Time for you, they got on watch. Yeah. This actually happened to you. This wasn't a dream. No, this actually happened. This this happened. That's trauma. That's a real trauma. Then you should have went back up the hill. He wouldn't have been running shit. Yeah, that's true. No, dog. No, you don't run back towards the park. Hell no. You run home. Oh, well, yeah. yeah you could have tripped them. If he's going downhill and he goes as heavy set as you said, just oh, gravity. I mean, that's, I, I, that's I, I, like the, I like this thinking that all of you, you know, plus 20, 30-year-old people have that, that my 13-year-old mind should have been able to calculate, put all, all of right. that together, that I should have I'm tripped not gonna front. this large when man. I, I mean, you just run his when I was, no, no. Like, when I was 13, I was already like five foot eight, two something, so I was, I was handling it. <laughs> I, all good. I, yeah, that's that's the thing, yeah. baby Huey over there. Yep. Like, what, yep. what, hey, 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 take it easy. What? I've been my height since I was twelve. Relax. <laughs> can't we can't help that stuff? We can't yeah. help yep. it. <laughs> 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 like me. Then this wings is eight. Oh. Oh. <laughs> 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 Gabe said, Gabe said, fuck y'all. Eight. Leave me alone. <laughs> right? Eight. All right. Yeah, 13 was 5'8. And then 14, I was like, oh, now I'm, now I'm just 5'11, six foot. Cool. All right. You know, it's my, as messed up as my family is, there is one story. It didn't happen, but it was plotted uh, because my younger sister uh, has no fear. And had no concept of stranger danger. Like, if we went to the beach, it, she was, like, four years old, we'd be like, where's Victoria? And then we'd look over, she was having sandwiches and juice with the family next to us. Like, she belonged to them. Uh, yeah. Like, and it was, like, <laughs> nuts. Like, my mom was, like, this is, like, no matter how many times you tell, like, people are dangerous. Like, I grew up watching, like, Law and Order. Like, I wouldn't have gotten as far as Lynn, because I would have saw anyone behind me would have been gone. <laughs> I would be like immediate threats. Nope, everyone is here to murder me. I am convinced. Like I am not going to be the person they accidentally find on their jog. Okay, that's not happening. My sister, no concept of that. Nothing. And so my mom was like <laughs> trying to devise this plan where when she was walking home from school, get off the bus, walk home from school, she was like, "We abduct her." <laughs> Someone jumps out of the woods, takes her. And takes her somewhere so that she knows that there's a chance that she can be stolen. And I was like, that is not how you do that. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh my it never happens, but it was I, I vividly remember her like sitting at the table, like trying to devise this crazy plan with my family to abduct my child's sister so she would understand stranger danger. She's fine. Oh. She's she's an adult now. <laughs> she made it. She made it. I don't know how totally unscathed. Yeah, she's fine. It's ridiculous, really. <laughs> it's very ridiculous. It's very ridiculous. And 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 your mom is only lucky that you know somebody didn't just come over to the house and just look down at the coffee table and be like, I'll be right back and just go call DHS real quick. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, what are, what are these plans? She's gonna what? <laughs> Who's in your basement right now? Hey 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 hey, hey uh, Mac, I, I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, does she, has she ever heard of the boogeyman? We you want to obviously this? not. <laughs> you got no fear. Ask her. Are you afraid of the boogeyman? She said, who's the boogeyman? So no, <laughs> she is not aware of the boogeyman. A boogeyman is the person that comes and gets you when you don't listen to your parents. Okay? Yeah, no, not with She's like, no. So yeah, so you have to listen to mommy and daddy because if not, the boogeyman gets you. The boogeyman is a bad person that comes and snatches you and takes you away. So we say go to bed, and you don't go to bed, the boogeyman come for you. Okay. So that's why it's important you listen to mommy and daddy. Okay? Say it. Yeah. Okay. And you're not in trouble. I'm just letting you know. I'm trying to inform you. We're talking about the boogeyman tonight, so every child needs to know about the boogeyman. It's like a public service announcement, okay? Okay, so you be good. That way the boogeyman don't get you. Okay. So she, was she was like, she was like, I see what you're saying. <laughs> Counterpoint. <laughs> but I don't care. <laughs> Basically. Very she nice. was like, and I don't so she's that? like, and your points. Will he let me stay up? Because that's all right. <laughs> I'll go. Because this is tyranny. Is he going to make me eat green beans because I hate them? <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, um, that kind. Of, I think we've kind of p- picked apart the boogeyman. As far as I mean, I don't think we've settled anything. The boogeyman is a thing. Um, there are other iterations of boogeyman's you can look at. We were talking about uh, Candyman, Beetlejuice, Bloody Mary. Um, yeah, some- Beetlejuice is a boogeyman, isn't he? Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. I never. I never thought about him like that. I, obviously, he's a ghoul. He's an unrested spirit. Right. But I think at this point, Boogeyman is, is appropriate. Wow. Hey, what's all that say? That's my <laughs> Beetlejuice impression. Beetlejuice. He's like great, yeah. <gasps> um, there are other, uh, you know... You know, boogeyman, the, the the big bad wolf. Some people might consider him a boogeyman of a sort. Um, uh, Freddy Krueger, of course. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, Michael Myers, I think to me is like he's boogeyman. He's definitely he's definitely like if I, I would say all three of them fit. Yeah, I would say all three of them. You like like Freddy, Jason, and Michael Jason Myers. And Michael Myers. But I to me, Michael like of all of them. Michael Myers is the one that terrifies me 
because well, he's the most realistic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, he's, he's like a real guy. Now, Lance Graham says, what about the real boogeyman? When I was a kid at uh, summer camp, I learned about Cropsy, who turned out to be real. Now, I don't That's know. a great documentary called Urban Legend that covers Cropsy. Um, it also covers like the origins of like the the candy, not candy man, like, you know, we know him as, but the whole like there's razor blades in your candy story. Like it, it debunks mm-hmm. a bunch of like urban legends or not debunks them, but brings back their origin stories. Uh, and Cropsy was, um, if I'm not <laughs> messing it up with all the other urban legends that are in there, pretty sure Cropsy uh, was um, someone who had worked at a mental asylum and himself was um, possibly suffering from mental illness and a bit on the spectrum who was rumored to have stolen children. Um, who were also on the spectrum because uh, they did find the bodies of children, but it's to be, they, I don't know if it was a hundred percent like confirm that he's the one who did it or if they're just like, here's a, here's an easy target, but it's a great documentary. Yeah. It's a documentary from 2009 um, called Cropsy, C-R-O-P-S-E-Y uh, begins with an examination of Cropsy, a boogeyman like figure from New York, urban legend before uh, segueing into the story of Andre Rand, a convicted child kidnapper from Staten Island. Um, the reality yes, they uncover in this uniquely hair-raising documentary is more terrifying than any urban legend. That's a, according to uh, Dave Guac of the Tribeca Film Festival. Yes, they did Cropsy. They also did Urban Legend, and they did a mini series. The the creative team on Lisk, which is the Long Island serial killer, which is still at large. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't don't know about that. Um, Quite a few serial killers still at large. But. Very true. Uh, another kind of like famous-ish boogeyman uh, legend is the Jersey Devil, mm-hmm. um, which was originally described as having a horse's a horse head, bat wings, cloved hooves, and a serpent's tail. Um, regarding the famous Jersey Devil sightings of 1909, Lauren Coleman and Ivan Sanderson offered the examination that they were part of an elaborate real estate hoax used by developers as a boogeyman figure to frighten residents into selling their property at lower prices. Wow. Oh, is that what I've been calling the wife? <laughs> when I say New Jersey Devil, I was just thinking of the hockey team because she's from New Jersey. So, you know, it's playfully, you New Jersey Devil. I, what is that? A horse head and bat wings? And, yeah. and he's meant to drive up real estate prices? Yeah, uh, yes. I think down real estate prices, right? Well, trying to get people to sell their property at lower prices. Right. Mm. Mm. No, man, because I got the best spot to see him at. If you want to get a photo of the New Jersey Devil, you need my property. So I got the best place in the state to see that bull. You need my land for that. Raise the price. Okay, enough out of you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought he was gonna bang on him. No, 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 no. Hit him with the bang. My my banging days are over. Um, <laughs> um, before we get out of here, I want to let people know that. For the next two weeks, the Black Tribbles are going to be bringing you a very, very special 
two-part episode of Black Tribbles Live as we on air, as Gabe is holding it up for you, we will be playing the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game right here on Black Tribbles Live for the next two weeks. This promises to be real cool. Uh, Gabe, can you give people the 30-second pitch on what the Call of Cthulhu game is all about? It is a role-playing game uh, like you would have been, how how you understand Dungeons & Dragons, except you are normal people. It's generally set in the 1920s, and you are investigators who are trying to figure out what spooky things are happening. But again, you're normal people. And so uh, you are destined to lose your sanity and your health quite drastically. There are cults and monsters and uh, extra planar beings that melt your mind. Uh, (laughs) It will be quite uh, fun. We will be playing um, one of the, the uh, one of the intro kind of sessions. And so it'll be a good, for, for everyone because you can buy it anywhere and then like <laughs> play it yourself if you enjoy what we're doing. I specifically picked um, a campaign that has been modified um, specifically uh, to feature people of color and has to do with um, Harlem and the world around it during that time uh, so that it's not just like we're all pretending to be white guys looking up cults because that's boring um, <laughs> so it should be really fun and it'll be it'll probably take two sessions um, and actually like the the book surprised me and the reason why I settled on it was there's a whole like extra section where it was like if you don't know what racism is, here's your, like, because anyone who's picking up, it's like, white people picking up this book, here's what it is. It's been here since since men set foot on America, and it's still here, and it says all these things. I was like, check, we're doing this one. Wow. wow. I have never experienced something, like, you know, so amazing. So I was like, that's great for, especially for, you know, having the name Cthulhu in there and being tied to Lovecraft, which they put his face, unfortunately, everywhere in here. But, um, It'll be fun because you know the tribbles will have their spin. Uh, <laughs> it'll be... well, what do you what do you need from us character building wise? Are we just going to be human being characters, or is it like D and D where there's like races and stuff? You are just going to be human people. Um, I will be giving you guys pre generated characters, but allowing you to kind of fill out the backstory a little more. But you will have like pretty nineteen twenties specific roles. Like there's like antiquarians, um, <laughs> or like you oh, could be like a a private eye, you know, like, hey, see, <laughs> you know, um, but you are just a person, like you're a human being who has okay. a specific job, you have a credit score, and that means something, um, and you will oh. investigate, uh, yeah, it's gonna be pretty interesting, um, Give me credit? We got fucking credit in this? Yeah. It's supposed to be a fantasy, what am I doing? Oh. Some okay. people like do not will not talk to you if your credit score is not high enough. Oh my god! <laughs> They're like, like, no. Wow. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Uh, it's gonna just be like great. the real world, huh? <laughs> it's gonna be, it's gonna be it's gonna really be cool. Harlem. Um, but yeah, we'll do Harlem. It'll be fun. Anthony uh, Patterson says uh, yes at Cthulhu, and Maurice Poplar says Harlem Unbound. Woo! It's gonna be that. Here's a little snippet of the page. It's like a picture. See it? Oh, okay. Oh. Hey, speakeasy. Okay. Illegal drinking. Let's do it. 
So that will be the next two weeks, ladies and gentlemen. Next week and the week after, we will be uh, for Halloween. The Black Tribbles will be gathering together to play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game here live on Black Tribbles Live on Thursday night. Um, so come, night? tell a friend. <laughs> She's going to say that every time we say night now. <laughs> I, I, I peaked really? it earlier. She, I'm she not missing it. it this time. <laughs> she said, I'm not going to miss my cue. It's funny. It's funny because when I edit the show, I have to always grab her night and move it back like about four beats because everybody's like, night? And it's like, night? <laughs> That's funny. It's crazy. It's also like, show enough. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! It's like double jump. Like ready to jump in? Shut up! And and while we have some guests planned for November, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for the first week in November, I am looking for any podcast that has at least. Four regular hosts on it that are all white to guest on our show for the first week in November to take on the Black Tribbles in a very, very, very special online podcast edition of Family Feud here on the, on the show. Oh, I mean, I, I know I know a group. I don't know. If... I, I don't I I know you know a group. Um I don't want to use your group because I've <laughs> I'll let you know why I don't want to lose your group. You don't want they don't want to sign up for this. I'm just telling wow. you right now. Mm. They, they don't, don't want the smoke. They don't want free the smoke. smoke. Free smoke. Hey, free smoke. <laughs> They don't. They don't. They don't. Want to, favorite word. They That's don't the best kind. I'm about to say what? Huh? Huh? Now I know a couple. I know a couple of podcasts that I could reach out to, but I, I'm I'm trying to. You putting the challenge out. I'm there. putting the challenge Step out up. there. So if anybody out does there, does it have to be? Does it have to be a group with four hosts, or can it be two groups to amount four people? It can be two groups to to amount to four people, but I want them to. But as long as they're white, I want them to, to be white. And there's a, there's a reason why I want them to be white, and that will play out when we uh, set the parameters for the. Does it have to be a certain type of podcast? No, just any general. Podcast. Any podcast, any podcast, any podcast is with white hosts to take on the troubles in a very special podcast edition of Family Feud. I don't know if I know. Challenge has been set out there. Come get served by the troubles first week in November. Come get it. All right. Free smoke, baby. I know. I know. This is in the cuts of muscles over there. Good. All right. All right, baby Huey. Um, That's all right. I can't wait till I get him in a dark room. I'm going to snatch that ankle. <laughs> hey, stop playing. <laughs> stop playing. Yoink. <laughs> Flashbacks. <laughs> until then, ladies and gentlemen. Until then, ladies and gentlemen. Um, if you do like podcasts, then I invite you to check out this lady right here who goes by the name of Gabe, who has a podcast of her own. Gabe, what is your podcast? 
It is The Ghouls Next Door. It is a media analysis podcast from the horror lens. Uh, we talk spooky stuff, why we are afraid of things, and how that looks on screen. Next week, we're talking about Coraline, and then we're going to be talking about clowns in It. Uh, and next month, we have a lot of really cool spooky horror guests. So if you are not subscribed on YouTube or on uh, Apple Podcasts, please do, because it's going to be pretty exciting. Some cool people from... Far away. This is so nice that we have technology like this. That's <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And if you like that podcast, then you'll also like this young lady right here who has a podcast that she's on. That's right. I am on Women at Warp, which you can find here. Uh, we just recently recorded our 150th episode, so that'll be fun. Um, you can also find the away team. Uh, we are also available everywhere that podcasts are as of this week. So iTunes, Spotify, Google podcasts were there as well. Um, we drop monthly, so less pressure, but podcasting. The away team available wherever you find podcasts, ladies and gentlemen. Now, Women at Warp talks about Star Trek. What is the away team about? Also talks about Star Trek, but we talk about it through the lens of the cosmic African diaspora. Uh, myself and famed cosplayer Tony Ray uh, portray a pair of Starfleet temporal officers who go back and review uh, episodes through the lens of the Black perspective. Pretty dope. Pretty dope. Dope. Pretty dope. 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 All right. And um, speaking of people that have podcasts, yes, yes. I, too, have another podcast that I do, ladies and gentlemen. It is called, as they all laugh, it is called The Show Mission, um, M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X, M-I-S-S-I-O-N, The Show Mission, ladies and gentlemen. Check it out, Two Men, One Podcast, Every Black Film Ever Made. Um, we stream live on YouTube and Facebook every Tuesday night at 7. and. Night? The podcast. I was still late, Gabe. <laughs> the podcast is available every Wednesday morning. I invite you to check us out this when this Tuesday, this Tuesday night? at seven p.m. Oh, if he would have kept going, he would have been on time. You got a, you got a gun, babe. That's how you do it, Gabe. So if he would have kept going, he would have been on. <laughs> uh, where we will be doing, in honor of Black Horror Month, we are calling an audible, and we are actually going to be reviewing Petey Wheatstraw, The Devil's Son-in-Law, which is the comedian Rudy Ray Moore, a.k.a. Dolomite's entry into 70s uh, black exploitation horror films, and continuing um, to review the the films of Dolomite, uh, the, the Michelle mission will be welcoming famed actors, Dorian Missick and Omar Dorsey live onto the show to review it with us. Um, so that promises to be an R rated night of hilarity for you. So check that out. Um, <laughs> what what's wrong? What's, what's, what's wrong with your neck, Kennedy? I just think it's funny that me and Gabe kept that shit real quick, but you want to give it actually. So on Thursday night, we have the esteemed colleagues of the Brooklyn Film Institute. It's for the me show. You know how we do it. But we're also having stars and guests. (laughs) Yes, and you can find us here and here and here. And as I mentioned, I have 
Okay, I have Vince. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves looking at him. So yeah, it's the Michelle yeah. mission. Uh, you can find us everywhere. Here's a, I was just waiting for him to hang up on me. I really wasn't going to go that long. Well, why, would I hang, why would I hang up? You give me that extended plug. So I was going to let Ted rock out. Let Ted rock out. That's not the epitome of congratulations. You played yourself. I don't know what it is. So, so with that, ladies and gentlemen, the Black Tribbles are available everywhere you find podcasts uh, on the Apple Podcast, Spotify, <laughs> Stitcher Radio. Stitcher Radio. Stitcher Radio. Stitcher Radio. All the, all the <laughs> like and, fi- and and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, like us on all the social medias, Instagram, yeah. Facebook, and Twitter at Black Tribbles. Email us all of your thoughts and concern at blacktribbles at gmail.com. And you can find everything that we do, Black Tribbles, on uh, blacktribbles.com. As well as check us out. We have our own um show the season finale of Lovecraft Countries this Sunday which means that Monday will be the season finale of the Safe Tribble Travel Guide to Lovecraft Country where myself and Gabe and Eric and the Uncanny Tribble Ariel review Lovecraft Country and for the finale we will be welcoming Elizabeth Wellington of the Philadelphia Inquirer and Vincent Williams of the Michelle Mission to review <laughs> country. He, he's no longer a side John. That's definitely like the, the second wife. That's the main John. That's the main, main John. It's all good. I'll just, I'll just see. I'll just see myself out. <laughs> I mean, Fine. you you had your husband already all up on the show at the top of the show. Ain't nobody think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What do you mean, Gabe's shirt? <laughs> Except Gabe's much more blessed than I am, so it's bigger hands. I don't. I don't need that much hand <laughs> to <laughs> convey the same point. It's more like. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> right, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna get out of here. <laughs> little Kendall hands. That's <laughs> all you need. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you've enjoyed enjoyed this edition of Black Tribbles. For the Storm Tribble, for the Horror Tribble, for the Super Saiyan Tribble, for the Master Tribble, a.k.a. Mr. Thursday. No, right? right? He was late this time. What's happening? <laughs> he was waiting. He was waiting. This is the bat triple. In parting, we say Hailing frequencies closed, Captain. Peace, y'all. Be good. Mass up. And vote.